Welcome everyone to the Vocal Revolution, where we talk about changing the world with the power of your voice, personally and collectively. And it's really wonderful that you're tuning in today. Thank you so much for listening or watching wherever you are. We're really, really grateful for you spending this time with us. And here in the UK at the moment, we are going into the kind of the darker times, the wintry times, the nights are drawing in. And this is the time also where there are many, many festivals where we start thinking about how we can light each other up and gather together. We've got Hanukkah coming along in a few days' time. Here on the podcast, we celebrate that. And tonight, today's episode is all about celebrating how music and voice can bring light in the darkness, lift up our spirits, bring a little bit of magic and sparkle, even when things are a little bit dark and dingy. So if you're having a little bit of the winter blues or any kind of blues, hopefully this episode will give you some inspiration. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> my wonderful guest today, Sarah Fisher, who I've had the honor of working with for seven years now, I've just worked out. Uh, she's just going to have so much to share with us today. She's an extraordinary musician with 20 years experience of working in the industry she has toured nationally <laughs> sorry what was that <laughs> I said a little bit more than that a little bit more than that Ooh. well who's counting anyway <laughs> but extensive experience and uh, she's toured internationally and nationally as a pianist and a singer and she's also worked as a session musician for many international artists including the Arrhythmics and she's appeared on tv such as Top of the Pops currently <laughs> yeah currently she tours with Hazel O'Connor and she's writing a country world a country pop album with Esther Ray and Sarah studied community music at Goldsmith College and she's worked in various community sectors which is how I met her and um, but I know she's also worked in prisons and schools and young offenders units and many many inspiring exciting projects especially mm. with young people and she currently co-directs two community choirs and two mental health singing groups and I'm honoured to co-direct one of those choirs with her and we have so much fun so I know you're in for lots of fun speaking with Sarah today. <laughs> Thank you for coming Sarah. Gosh what an introduction now you've taken all the things that I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no that's no. great Katie. Thank you. Oh I'm sure there's yeah. lots to talk about and that's just yeah. a no just a brief kind of overview of the the length and breadth of your work. Um, so if you were to pull out some highlights, Sarah, what, what would you say were, say, some of your pivotal moments um, of this experiencing how amazing music is? My father died when I was seven years old. And um, I think that was probably the very first pivotal moment of my life, actually. And um, I obviously was very musical um, because I was the only one out of my sisters who uh, they they went to ballet classes and I took to the piano. And, um, you know, I started practicing and I, you know, I had piano lessons and everything. And basically I used to shut myself away because I, you know, I must have been very sad little girl, I think. But the music, you know, just helped me through. And as I got older, I was playing more and more, listened to so much 
different kind of music, everything. I, you know, it was from jazz to pop to country. And I used to try and copy everything. I was great at copying. <laughs> so, you know, and sing along and, you know, and that basically started my whole career because, you know, I built up this kind of repertoire of pop songs and jazz songs and, um, and that's how it really all started, you know. Yes. Um, and then I started playing in wine bars and things like that at the age of about 14 and 15. So that was quite a pivotal yeah. moment as well. Everything I've done, I call a pivotal moment, actually, because, you know, it just leads me on to the next thing, really. And I was, I was working in wine bars, working, moonlighting in wine bars, I'd say, uh, at a really young age, actually. Wow. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. And then, you know, um, another pivotal moment. I worked at M&S. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And then I would escape and then go and play in a wine bar somewhere. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. And that was your outlet. And yeah, it was a was big happening. outlet, actually. Yeah. Huge. I didn't realise how big it was. You know, I, I just loved to play, you know, and it was just, you know, there was a lot of piano, piano. Um, there were a lot of places that had pianos in those days, you know. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, not a problem to actually go in and say, can I have a job? And uh, just start playing. You know, it was great really Fantastic. great yeah and how did that then lead you from playing in wine bars how did you get to then getting into the industry and meeting other artists because you sound like you were quite alone in some of those other experiences but how did you then find you know the community of other artists and things okay so um from there <laughs> I left Marks and Spencers <laughs> Yeah. And um, a friend of mine actually called up and said to me, um, oh, no, no, actually, this was this was after. No, I, I, I left Marks and Spencers because um, I thought, you know, this is not really where I'm I want to be going. So um, I looked up in the uh, Melody Maker at the time. Do you remember the Melody Maker? I do. Yes, it was I fantastic do. Music paper. I loved it, you know. Um, and uh, there was this agent and it was called Carna Variety. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get in touch with this guy. And um, there is a bit more of a story to this one, actually, but I'm just going to kind of <laughs> move it on. And uh, I phoned Jack, Jack Fallon. He, and he was such a lovely man. And he also was a musician. He, uh, he used to play, um, he's not here anymore, but he, he was a double bass player and had played with the Beatles and Ella Fitzgerald and all the fantastic great people and he had this agency anyway um I had to make a cassette of my singing <laughs> and photograph wow. and uh I I had actually met somebody funnily enough at a party who they were looking for this this is just so weird actually because they were looking for a piano player in Bermuda this guy had come over from Bermuda seriously wow. and he was over because he was um, sent by the brewery to, uh, you know, he worked for the brewery, but also to find some artists and piano players and things. And I said, God, really? You know, and I was talking to him and I thought, oh, my God, this is fantastic. And that is why I went to Kana Variety and I asked Jack. And um, anyway, he looked into the whole thing and um, sent off my cassette and everything. And basically... Uh, I left it. I left Marks and Spencers. They said, you know, just get it out of your system. Go and play somewhere. And uh, 
and then come back to us in three months. Wow. Okay, so I said, okay, that's really nice of you. Thank you very much. And um, and off and, and I got the job, and off I went to Bermuda. Wow. Yeah. And five years later, <laughs> having worked in Bermuda for about, I don't know, it was about three or four months, from there, this is where the next thing went, I started playing in the piano bar. Right. And I met some lovely, lovely other piano bar players who today I'm still really, really friendly with. Yes. And in fact, actually, they're probably my best friends, you know. Wow. I know. I know. And we're very close. And, uh, and basically, I started playing the piano and uh, I travelled all over the world with that. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It amazing. was amazing, actually. Amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And you never went back to MS, obviously. <laughs> This is the funny thing. After five years of playing the piano in hotel lobby lounges and God only knows where else. I mean, just everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I came home and I thought, what am I going to do now, really? Mm. So I actually, I don't know, my mum said to me, you know, you could still try going back to M&S if you wanted to. <laughs> I, I, you know, what happened? I don't know. Anyway, I applied again. They said, yeah, you know, come back, have a, an interview and everything. Anyway, I went back. And then I remember the first day <laughs> walking down Baker Street because it was head office. And I'm thinking, you know, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? I must yes. be mad. And I remember seeing somebody in the loo and she says, she says to me, gosh, I haven't seen you for a little while. So I said, no, no, it's about five years. <laughs> anyway, I went on this course at Mark's and uh, they took me through, a, oh my gosh. It was really bad actually because it was, you know, I did six weeks there and uh one of my very good piano player friends, um, who was also a session singer, rang me up and said, look, here's my next pivotal moment. Um, I've been offered an audition uh, for the Eurythmics. Wow. And I said, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Yes. She said, but I can't go because I've just had a baby girl, as you know. And um, I thought you might like to. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Sarah. I know. And it was very strange, you know, and I said, well, you know, my God, Janie, you know. So uh, anyway, actually, you know, Janie, Janie Wheeler. Yes, yes. Amazing woman who does amazing, amazing music. Yes, amazing woman. And she's actually been right next to me through my career, through all the community projects, a lot of community projects that I've done. Um, But she started me on this road. And uh, she said, look, you know, the audition's only down the road in Crouch End. Why don't you go? I'll tell them you're coming. Wow, that's wow. It wow. Wow. It was a bit mental actually because I just couldn't actually, you know, it was just mad. So um, I thought, oh, okay, I'll go, you know. But you know, I loved the Eurythmics, and um, at the time, um, I'd seen them a few weeks before then at the Hammersmith Odeon. That's wow. Then, and I, I did think to myself, and this is true, Katie. I sat there and I was humming all the songs and, you know, I knew them and the three girls on stage going like this <laughs> and all this business. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, to, you know, I'd really love to do that. Yes. yes. I'd really love to be there. Wouldn't it be amazing if 
yes. I can agree on that. I honestly, <laughs> I, I really came really relate. I do. And I went to this audition and of course, you know, um, harmony is a big, you know, probably my biggest strength, actually. Uh, I love singing harmony and I, that's how I got into choirs and everything. And um, I just love all of that. But um, I knew all the harmonies to all the sweet dreams and all of that stuff. And anyway, I went to the audition and basically they phoned me uh, that day, that evening. Yeah. I think it was about midnight. And they said, you know, would you like to join us? Wow. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, please. I said, when? <laughs> and they said, well, we, we're starting rehearsals again tomorrow, so can you come tomorrow? And I went, ooh. Um, so I had to go into M&S. I said, I can't start tomorrow. I, I can, the next day, I had to go into Marks and Spencer's <laughs> and tell them that I would no longer be able to work for them anymore. Oh. And uh, because I'm going to join the Eurythmics for a world tour. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was, it was so wow. It was just like crazy. And, and the next day, you know, I was rehearsing with them. And three weeks later, yes, I was in New Zealand. Wow. I just know. So amazing. So that amazing. Was amazing. And it was a huge festival. Right. I mean, you know, I was like this little person, you know, like... <laughs> going from Marks and Spencer's to like this stage and, and this huge festival in New Zealand and they were at, practically at the top of their career at that point they were just about going Sweet Dreams tour was like massive wow huge absolutely huge, huge. so you must have played stadiums all over the place then mm -hmm. wow wow but you know <laughs> oh gosh it, it, when I think about it it was it was I was terrified. It's terrified. I had to, you know, get it fitted into these costumes and wigs yes. and all these things. I mean, I had some horrendous times on that stage where <laughs> I was slightly, the skirt was too tight and I had to get on a podium. Actually, I remember this so well. It was this beautiful white outfit I had and a black kind of wig. And uh, I remember walking across the stage and it was raining and somebody, some horrible person <laughs> threw mud and it hit my skirt. Oh, no. I was, you know, completely, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, oh, my God. And then I got onto the podium, uh, stepped up, and my zip broke. <laughs> and all those things. And that happened in, like, the first two days. And after that, I was okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But you survived horrified. it and you were there to I tell the tale. I, I am, and it was like nine months of being with them was quite extraordinary. I can you know, imagine. I have had that uh, experience in my life. I yes. mean, it's like once in a million, you know, one in a million people get that opportunity, I think. Absolutely. And so I, I, I do feel so honoured to have done that, really. I can imagine. It, must it was hard as well. I mean, it wasn't easy, but, you know, it was just something that I can actually, I recall so much of that uh, tour. And yes. it was wonderful. It really was to be able to recite it to you. And, you know, there's lots of stories on that tour. But uh, anyway, that was a great, great time of my life. Yeah. I can imagine. Mm. My goodness, that's mm. just incredible. Mm. And 
you know, I know it's a grueling schedule um, of those, you know, touring is, isn't it? But it's so rewarding at the same time because so many different audiences and um, experiencing your music. And if you were going to pull out again, just a couple of real highlights, obviously you told us about some of your challenging moments at the beginning there, but a couple of highlights from that tour, what would you say? I know there's loads of stories, but just... You know, one of my favourite songs even today, is Here Comes the Rain Again. Yes. I love that song. Yes. And I remember being on that stage for the first time and Dave Stewart playing the guitar and all the lighting and you don't really see the people out front because yes. it's all lit on stage, you know. That was a really, oh God, I could feel all the hairs on my body you know just kind of going oh it was amazing you know and then you know that was a major major tour we stayed in great hotels you know we traveled on planes we stayed in you know uh yeah we had a lovely lovely time you know um but that was over in nine months yeah and uh but you know we traveled uh, I remember going to Japan I got an allergy to monosodium glutamate that first day that we were there, yeah. and I came out in a rash all over oh, my body. I remember no. that as well. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, that was awful. Um, learning, the, all, learning all the uh, dance moves. <laughs> well, I'm so left-footed. I mean, I just can't. I can't dance. I'm just hopeless. And also, my rhythm is just awful. I, don't, I know that sounds a bit odd, but it really is. And, um, you know, I'm not a great counter, so as you know from the choir, counting people in is something that I find great difficulty. But having said that, you know, I make, it's all right, really. Anyway, so that was, the Eurythmics was, was a really massive thing in my life. It was, yeah. you know. And what would you say were the like the top things you took away as a musician? What did it teach you? Like, what did you take away from that experience? Well, you know, once I'd done that, you know, obviously I felt quite empowered by that. Yes, (laughs) you know, should say, (laughs) you know, I was brave, you know, to do it. I felt very brave. My mom, she was so fantastic. She said, you know, you've got to do this. She was the one that kind of pushed me on and said, look, you've got to go and do this. You've got yes. to leave Marks and just go and do this. Yes. It's very easy to stay safe in your life, you know? Yes, yes. You know, we all like to kind of tread water sometimes. And, sure. uh, you know, that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. But when you're offered these opportunities, you just have to take them, whether you like it or not, really. And I don't suppose I liked it that much at the time, taking the opportunity. And I thought, oh, God, what am I doing? But and I had to learn, you know, I had to learn on the job. Yes. Yeah. That's you know, the only way we do sometimes is just by taking a risk and doing it and saying, Yes, I'm open to this, I'm gonna do it. I've no idea how I'm gonna get through it, but I'll do it. <laughs> well, exactly. And the other thing is, of course, you know, playing with a fabulous band, you know, professional musicians and voices, you know, the beautiful harmony from that I mean oh god it was just mind-blowing and it was really lovely you know so I took all that away and that continued my journey you know uh, yeah Yeah. must have been just heavenly just to be amongst that yeah that caliber of musicianship and yeah surrounded by that sound in that way that you describe where it's making you just tingle with all the harmonies and the beauty of it and and the caliber of the musicianship you know that that was it wasn't it you know they were brilliant yeah to have been able to experience that very young, you know, it's just great, you know. 
Fantastic. Yes. So that was a really big thing. So a huge thing there. You're a huge pivotal, not just a moment, an extended period of your life to have that. It was short, you know, nine months. And then, of course, you know, I had that I had Janie to thank for that, you know, and uh, and then I carried on, you know, I, I met somebody I started writing songs with uh back in the day and we wrote a lot of stuff actually and I think because of um all of that band stuff you know we started a band (laughs) yes yes of course you'd have been inspired yes yeah your own band so you know we wrote songs together um and uh yeah and then uh we started a band and we started going around all the pubs and you know as you do yeah yeah, doing all the gigs. In, uh, oh, The Mean Fiddler. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. Loads of gigs there. Oh, God. I mean, now here's the other thing. I remember getting a gig there with Roz, actually, her name. Um, and uh, as we'd done loads and loads of gigs by then, um, we were asked to support, and this is true, actually, I forgot about this. We were asked to support Hazel, Hazel O'Connor. Oh, yeah. right. Amazing. But we never did because, in fact, actually her gig was cancelled for some reason. I don't know why. But we were asked to support her and, uh, of course, we said yes, you know. But we were only, a, you know, it was, anyway, we did that. We did loads of stuff. We played at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe, you know, all kinds of, you know, you do so much in your, when you're young. For sure. And what was your band called? <laughs> Marina Speaks. Marina Speaks. Wow, fantastic. Wonderful. Marina Speaks. And uh, that was from Thunderbirds, you know. Okay, right. Got you. <laughs> she never spoke, you know. Right, right. Marina okay. Never spoke. And uh, but we spoke. So, yeah, it was great, actually. We did, a, you know, it was fun. And it was a lot of, you know, uh, we wrote a lot of songs, actually, together. Yes. It was I'm great. Talking- Talking to Marina Speaks, you know, you're obviously giving voice as two women to a, an unvoiced uh, woman and you are there in the forefront with some amazing, because obviously Annie Lennox herself is just a pioneering feminist, incredible woman who does a lot of work for women around the world now. Um, I'm part of her charity called The Circle. So, mm-hmm. um, so for you, your experience being a woman in the music industry, mm. how was that for you? I mean, yeah. Didn't really think about. I, I know this sounds a bit weird, but we just just went for it. We didn't yeah. really think about it at the time. That's didn't great. think, oh my gosh, we're women and we won't be able to do this or we can't do that. We just ploughed in there and just did it. Fantastic. Yeah, we just did it, and we didn't think about it too much at that point, you know. Right. But as you know, it's got uh, harder and harder, and we didn't get a record deal or anything. We got a publishing deal. Great, uh, and that was great for a short time uh gosh what happened after that oh yeah then I met three two one of my very good friends um and another girl we formed a trio great called sax in the city (laughs) fantastic (laughs) I know it was amazing I love it yeah, I hadn't done community work by this time. We were still, yes. I was still on this treadmill of music and playing and loads of, you know, gigs and things. And we did Sax in the City and uh, that was fantastic. We were th- th- uh, three girls, harmony, 
Um, I played the uh, keyboards. One, the other girl played saxophone, and Eliza uh, was one of the lead singer. And uh, we used to do functions. Actually, we did loads, loads of functions, parties, wow. yeah, bar mitzvahs, yeah. weddings. You name it. And uh, we did very, very well. And we, we stayed together for like 10 years. Wow, that's really great. Yeah, yes, it was really great. It was very gelled. Yeah. We did. And we actually loved working together. Yes. But <laughs> we had to take all our own gear. Yes. We had to take, you know, all the PA systems and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We had to learn about how to use it all and everything. Yeah. Wow. You know, so we, we just did it. Wow. Amazing. Just women on the road doing the thing. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. You know, we had to do it and we did it. Amazing. Amazing. It's just wonderful spirit of sort of confidence and just going for it. That's really brilliant. Yeah, and so we, when, uh, when did the community music part of that, did that come in after that? Yeah. That? So it was after that. <laughs> I think we came to a kind of a mutual agreement that we would stop. Yes, yes, we've <laughs> had enough. Yeah. We'd had enough, you know, but it was really fun and uh, the work stopped coming in as well. <laughs> so we yeah. just went, okay, goodbye. Um, uh, but yeah, we're still friends. So that's Great. good. Um, and it was after that, I thought, well, what am I going to do? What yeah. am I going to do with my life, you know? Yes. yes. And um, um, so uh, a friend of mine said, well, why don't you look at uh, Goldsmiths College? They've got this thing called Community Music. I know music workshop skills in the community and I applied for that and uh, I, w I went for my audition and this guy called Phil Mullins he was the next pivotal thing in my life um, you know you should never say somebody changed my life but he changed my life <laughs> he did yes. because he accepted me on this course um, I just had to play the piano and sing. I sang, actually, he was a, he's an Irish man. I sang Van Morrison, Moondance, that I'd played about 50 billion times in the piano bar. And he said, oh, well, you know, <laughs> that's pretty good to me. Yeah, I'm on the course. That sounds pretty good. So you're on the course. It was very simple. It was very, very simple. Said, okay, great. I'm going to join you. So, yeah. So I did three years. I did one year. Then I took a year out because I thought, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can cope with another year of this because yes. it was quite intense. Yes. And then so I skipped a year and then um, did and then I went back on at, at, for my second year uh, two years later. And yes. he, you know, that was fine. We kind of put it back. So um, I met fantastic people there um, and I learned how to run workshops Yes. And I had no idea. Well, I didn't even know what a workshop was. Yes. <laughs> I thought, what's a workshop? I don't even know what this is. All I yes. know is piano and bars and, yes. you know, mad things like that. Yeah. So this was the beginning of another part of my life, which is yes. where I am now. Yes. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it changed my whole life. Yeah. And uh, I love working in the community so much, you know. I did that course, two-year course. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. And he, he actually, you know, pushed me out into prisons. And, I mean, he was like an agent, actually. He was working for um, a community group called Rhythmics. Yes. I, I think that's still yes, wrong, actually. He was like the middleman. And he, they would ask him, oh, have you got anybody that would go and do this or that and the other? So um, I ended up doing so much community work. 
And as I say, I went, <laughs> I ended up, my first job with Phil was uh, at Bullwood Hall uh, Prison. Wow. Running a singing group. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that I did it, good. though. I mean, it was like, oh, I had to take somebody else with me. Another of course. That's good. Girl, of that course. And, uh, yeah. But we went together and uh, we did it. Yeah. And uh, we were there for about... How many weeks? A few weeks. We ran that course. Yeah. And then actually after that course, we kept being asked back, which was lovely. Wow. And ended up being there for five years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Doing all kinds of community work, uh, not work, but community. Um, we did community. We did singing. We did uh, songwriting. Yes. Um, other people came in then with band work. Yes. And we did recording. I learned yes. how to use, uh, what did I use at that time? Reason, I think it was. Yes. And logic, but logic came later. But yes. reason, and I was learning, you know, to take, um, to, to, to record everybody. And that was part of it. They taught yes. me how to use all of this stuff, you know. How amazing. Yeah, it was great, actually. So I learned how to use reason. I, used, I learned how to use logic. I learned how to... Uh, work with groups of people yes i had never been out in out front i'd always been behind the yes. keyboard or behind somebody singing or behind yes. this, that and the other so i had never been in front of my keyboard right and yeah. that was really really hard for me yeah it's mm. really front line isn't it there's no hiding you just have, you're just there with people, but the beauty of that is you get this incredible connection, don't you, with people, which is yes. Worth it. I mean, having done piano bar, yes, you know, I still had the piano was there. That was my, you know, your buffer. Uh, yeah, it was still there, and I could, you know, just do that. But um, you know, I wasn't kind of out there, like yeah. standing in front of a load of people, and uh, it was really hard. And I remember um, the end of the first year. Or was it the second year? I don't know. End of one of the years that I was at the uh, at Goldsmiths, we had to run a workshop. It probably was the first year, I think, and uh, to our um, the people in the group. And he was videoing it, I remember. And, uh, you know, we had to plan our own workshop and everything. And I think I was using some kind of digital machine <laughs> to sequencer or whatever. And I, he said, OK, roll. We're going to, you know, video this now. You're going to teach the uh, rest of the group how to do this workshop. So I said, okay, fine. So off we go. I could not speak wow. for about 15 minutes. I honestly, it was like stuck. Wow. wow. I was stuck in my throat. Wow. wow. Yeah. It was yeah. so hard. It's like I couldn't get the words out. Wow. Wow. You no, know, it was really, really mind-blowing actually I just said oh god I can't I can't do this you know yes and how did you get through that how did he did he coach you through it or well he did coach me through that actually and this is the thing he basically and that's when he started sent that at the end of the course that was what happened he sent me out he said look you can do this you know you're a singer you can you know, go and sing go and do these things I'm going yeah. to send you to I'm going to send you to a prison that's how it all started he said yeah. you're going to do it <laughs> no and, I, and that was it you know it was like oh, okay but I had everything written down and I you know it was just yeah. like oh my god you know yes. everything you know it was I find you know to stand out in front of my keyboard was the hardest thing I 
ever had to do for ages yeah it was really difficult Katie and that's really great for anyone listening who might have had those kind of experiences or be frightened Mm. of public speaking or singing or anything like to know that even a very established artist such as yourself who toured you know and done extraordinary things already Mm. in your life and then to know that you too had that experience of feeling frightened and and overcoming it feeling not just frightened but paralyzed and then overcoming overcoming that and what do you feel helped you in that moment obviously he was there supporting you did you find something inside yourself what helped you to then go on and get as you say get keep going out in front even though it was challenging for you I just had to do it you know he just he was so he was a fantastic teacher you know and he just basically and everybody in the group were very you know um what's the word I can't even think of the word supportive supportive very supportive you know and because everyone had to do the same thing really yes we had our worries and our nerves and our and but you know he just encouraged me so much and I think one of the reasons that I was so that I struggled so much with um speaking to a group and singing and I hate to say this, but I will have to say it now, that my stepfather, <laughs> unfortunately, this is an awful thing, but he used to say to me, don't sing, you know, as a child, you know, wow. and this wow. is, a, don't, don't sing, just yeah. play the piano. Yeah. Don't sing, please don't sing, just play. Wow. And you see, and that probably stuck with me throughout my life. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's very, very difficult. And I'm getting all these brilliant, wonderful jobs and things. I think, yeah. you know, and he's still, you know, he's at the back of my mind saying, don't sing, don't sing. Right. Um, I just remember that as a child, you know. So, yes. yeah. So I, anyway, I got through it and uh, I did the prisons and I did the, uh, he, he put me in charge of um, uh, school projects that I had yes. to run with lots of kids yes. from, and, uh, you know, like band workshops, uh, band workshops and songwriting workshops. And Janie sent me on songwriting workshops going into year nines, you know, in schools. And she was right there. <laughs> she kept yes. you know, pushing me out there. I was like, go so on. Wonderful. It was, you know, and I was just thinking of, I, I've got my CV here. I was looking at all the different um, workshops that I'd done, you know, uh, children in care you know and uh we did a project together we did yeah that's how we met wasn't it we met yeah. um in a prude wouldn't it which is funny listening that's a pupil referral unit for kids yeah. that are out of school and this unit particularly specialized in looking after teenage mums didn't it and they teenage had a nursery mom. with the babies mm-hmm. so I was doing lullabies with the babies and then yeah. I'd come and join you and we'd do some songwriting didn't we with the that's right kids. with the with the mum with the mums with the mums yeah it was extraordinary. I mean, that's just extraordinary you know and working with uh you know children in care was yeah. um you know fantastic and but you know you realize how wonderful um these children are and how talented they are and yes. in prison you know oh my goodness you know the, some of the uh women it, it was a women's prison actually but I did go into a men's prison as well that was really difficult as well but in the women's prison you know uh, yeah, there's so much talent in there. Yes. And girls with you know, beautiful voices and, yeah. you know, and all they can be is authentic, really. Yeah. And this is where it all comes to, you know, you, as long as you're authentic. And I remember listening to one of your vocal res- revolutions with Jill Manley, actually. Yes. The first one. And she said, if, you know, you must be authentic. And I've always remembered that. But I've always been authentic. 
I can't be anything else, you know. Yes. I just have to believe in what I do. Yes. And hope that other people will like what I do. Yes. It's just being yourself, isn't it? Just really being yourself. Can't be anyone else. You just have to go with it and, you know, struggle through it and just, you know. I But I did have my piano playing. <laughs> and that helped me go through things as well, you know. Of course. Because, yeah. yeah, music, it's kind of the wonderful thing about when you're a musician is that kind of music can be a, our own form of therapy or our own form of release, can't it? And yes. so when you're doing something that is really really kind of nourishing for you and then it's giving pleasure to other people it's a really amazing thing is it's a magical thing because we're all in this kind of I see it as we're all in this process you know as a musician something's happening for me while I'm delivering as well as people that I'm delivering to so we're all having an experience together and I think that's amazing it sounds like piano has been that very powerful channel for you yeah of course and of course your voice um yeah. I remember going into <laughs> doing a workshop in a studio with um, these guys, rappers. They were all rappers. Yeah. In I come, you know, <laughs> with my blonde hair, <laughs> thinking, oh my God, I think they're going to eat me alive, these guys, you know, yeah. you know, all of this stuff. And it was really fun. And, um, but actually, what saved me was my piano playing. Yeah. It really saved me because, of, oh, gosh, miss, that's great, you know. Yeah. And I was thinking, yeah. And they used to look forward to me coming in, you know, because yeah. it would help them uh, with their rapping and everything, and I'd be able to add all the musical bits and things. And it was fantastic, amazing. You know, I've really had such a colourful community life. You have. You have. beautiful. And then I just started choirs, didn't I? That's right. And then choirs. And gosh, before we get to choirs, I'd love to hear, were there any, when you mentioned the rappers, but were there any standout stories from that time, um, particularly in sort of prisons or these really tough places? Are there any standout times where you saw that music really helped someone or it really made a difference or you uh-huh. saw a breakthrough? Could be a small thing, but just as you say, some of the women finding their voices in the prison or. Well, it was that really that stuck with me. There was this one girl. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to mention her name or anything, but she was a bit of a lifer, I think. But she, her voice was incredible. And she also played the guitar. I just remember, you know, her being able to record her songs, you know. I was able to bring out her her stuff. And I was just amazing, you know, just, I can't remember one particular time trying to think myself now oh gosh um there there were so many lovely moments you know yeah Yeah. so many you know just being able to go into these schools and songwriting particularly with like year nines when Janie you know asked me to do some of the year nine projects in Newham you know the songs were fantastic yes you know you you kind of think gosh you know these kids are, are fantastic they fantastic lyrics lyrics you know everything that I can't do lyrics is not something of my strength but it's great to hear them because I used to say come on write a bit more write a bit and I'll play with the piano and then they sing a bit you know and they're oh that's great that's great and you know before we knew it we had songs you know we wow. had songs and loads of songs I, you know it's just fantastic so there isn't a you know there isn't a particular standout moment I just think the whole the, the standout moment is that I took myself to Goldsmiths and that changed my whole life. Yes. And for me, 
just made me see another part of society and another world really and yeah. being part of it is fantastic it is. And I love it yes and that magic of as you say making music together mm. and everyone in it together you know you're mm. you know and and then coming up with this new material that helps people express themselves and their situations and and, and their put feelings. On performances you know they could put on performances everywhere you know as you know Katie every every choir thing that we do we have to put on a performance so every project that I ever did every single project I think we put on a performance and that was fantastic you know because they had the chance to express themselves express myself express themselves it always gave me such um joy and uh it was it you know the whole thing has been really lovely Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, not that I'm finished with it. No, you're still very, very active. Not exactly. And so, and then choirs. So obviously um, we lead a choir together, but how did you, what was your first choir, Sarah? Which, how did you get into that? Oh my goodness. Um, Well, I've never actually sung in a choir before myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's the irony, isn't it? Yes, I was thrown out of the choir at school. So I was like, and I never went back. So then until I was started leading them. <laughs> it's really funny. Well, that's the thing, you see, because I've never actually, you know, sung in a choir. So, you know, um, what happened? Um, well, it was very simple. You know, I throw myself into everything, like, you know, like a bull, <laughs> bull in a china shop, really. Oh, my God. Um, it's enthusiasm. I wouldn't say you're a bull in a china shop. You are. You're just very, very enthusiastic and you just go for it. Well, I thought to myself, after doing like loads of community music and loads of work with young people, um, I then thought, well, what am I going to do now? Yes. <laughs> what, what am I going to do now? Oh, actually, before the choirs. I know it was, I was, I started choirs with Hazel actually. So Hazel, I I thought to myself after all this community stuff, not that I'd finished it, but I was kind of thinking, oh, I could do with a bit of rock and roll. Yes. So, you know, I kind of talked talked about it, you know, thought about it, put it out there into the universe and Hazel came along, Hazel O'Connor, which we'll talk about in a minute. But at the same time, the pub down the road was, um, uh, taken over by these lovely this lovely uh two people they weren't a couple but fantastic they both were really lovely and they uh, renovated the the place and I went in there and uh I said you know I'd love to start a singing group here or something it's got lovely function room upstairs you know what's the chances and he said oh no that's great but um my one of the uh ladies behind the bar she also would like to start a singing group really and he said well the thing is I want you both to start a singing group but you're going to have to do it together wow yeah and both of us like we didn't even know each other wow that's amazing yeah. I didn't know that that was the story behind Cambria Choir yeah so we took ourselves out to uh, have a cup of tea <laughs> as you do and a, and a chat and we talked about ourselves to each other which was great fun like you know <laughs> fun talking about yourself isn't it it's great <laughs> really enjoying this um, fantastic and um uh yeah so basically we said well how how, how are we going to do this and uh we said well you know I said I can't I can't have any more 
this is me saying I can't have any more than 15 people I've never run a choir in my life and she said well you know no I can't do that either so you know but um well all right we'll start off with 15 people we'll put it out there was a put 15 people but anyway so uh Steve who was running the pub said okay so we said well look, you, you know ask around and see who wants to come anyway our first session was like 25 people and we were <laughs> fantastic God. um so Anyway, she would play the piano for herself. And then I think my first song was I Don't Like Mondays or something. I had rats and she did something else and I would play the piano. And I thought this isn't going quite the way we wanted it to. And so then we took ourselves out again three weeks later. And I said, look, Lucy, you know, the one thing that I can do, I can't conduct very well, but I can play the piano. And I'd rather do my session by playing the piano and conducting with my head, <laughs> my eyes, yes. and all of this. And you can conduct, and I'll play for you if you want me to. And she said, yeah, no, I'd really love you to play for me, and I'll conduct and do this. And uh, I did go on a conducting course, by the way, as well. Yes, yes. Janie's course, Jane. isn't it? Jane Wheeler runs a, a brilliant course, just yes. for anyone listening about choral, choral training. So if you're looking choral for training. training. Um, really helpful for me. Is it CME? It's called yeah, anyway. CME. Yeah, yeah. So check that out as well. So that kind of set me up as well. But you know, I was never going to be some great conductor, and I never had. You know, it was something I, I didn't particularly want to do anyway. But just wanted to kind of learn how to do do it. And um, so yeah, we went out for another cup of tea, and she said, "Yeah, you play the piano for me, and you play the piano for yourself, and I'll conduct for my part of the." evening and you can conduct with your head or whatever you want to do so <laughs> how we did it and 10 years later still going we are still going strong and we get on really really well Lucy and I but like you and me Katie and uh, I mean you know we love that choir we've been through lockdown with it we've done all the zooms and everything we had to learn how to do all of that but uh, we get on very very well and um and and you know, that's how the Cambria Choir started. And uh, we've still got a few people that came right at the beginning. Wow. Amazing. And then Caterham Choir with you. Yes. yes. That was through Catherine. Yes, through Catherine Pestano, who I know gave, uh, is an amazing, also with training with you at the same time, wasn't she, on the uh, Goldsmiths, I believe, is that? Yes, I met Catherine through Goldsmiths, that's right. Yeah. So big shout out to Catherine because she's done a lot of great work in the community. She has, and I worked for her a lot in the community. You know, that was great. Yes, great. yes. So, and then, so the catering choir has been going for, I don't know, how long? How long? I'm not seven. sure because I came after it started, but I think it's at least six years, isn't it? I think. It's seven or eight years, something like that. It's been a yeah. while now. So, you know, those are my two choirs. and uh, Wonderful. And... And I love doing the arrangements, actually. Yes, your arrangements are wonderful. They're just so much fun and so enjoyable, so uplifting. Well, you know, the reason why I do my own arrangements, and this is the truth, I'm a terrible uh, sight reader, right? And I thought, you know, once I started, you know, buying, you know, choral arrangements for, you know, any, any, you know, any of the songs, I thought, you know, I just can't, I can't read this. But I didn't have it in me to particularly want to... um, learn how to read particularly I mean I can read and I was trained up to grade seven piano yes yes 
I failed my grade eight and never took it again. Um, and that was that. But uh, I was always a terrible sight reader. And uh, so I thought, well, I, I can't do, I can't read all this stuff. I can't read it. So I'm going to have to do my own arrangements. And that's all. Yeah. I can't write a score. And I'm not interested in learning how to write a score. I just want to do my own arrangements of the songs that I really love in my in my life. Yes. And that's why I'm starting a choir, because I want to hear these songs sung in a different way, in harmony. And that's what I can do. Fantastic. So that's, that's how it works for me. Wow. And what yeah. I love, you know, that seems to have happened a lot. That seems like a theme throughout all your journey of just, you know, I'm going to do this my way. I'm just <laughs> going to go for it. And that's what I've heard you kind of saying in lots of these situations, like, and not um, not feeling like you have to fit into a box or do it any other person's way, but just doing it your way and being having that authenticity that you talked about. And that's a really important thing, I that's think, for any artist. True. Yes, Yes, that's absolutely true. It's It was my way or no way, actually, because I couldn't do it any other way. And if it worked, it worked. And if it didn't, and it has worked for me yes. my whole life, pretty much. Absolutely. And there are so many ways of music music making and uh, the, the way using dots and scores is only one way, you know, and I think that's what's really important. That's what community music has affirmed for me yeah. time and time again. There are so many ways to learn and make music they're so diverse there is you know and every each person has their own music inside of them and has their own way of making and and understanding music and it's just finding those tools that help people unlock their way of being musical and their unique voice and things like that and what would your top tips be having coached lots of people what would your tips be maybe for helping people find that uniqueness that authenticity in themselves that you've talked about because you've gone for it yourself so what would you say if you're or what do you find yourself saying to people a lot when you're encouraging people okay just uh, something that I actually forgot to mention um, right at the beginning when I started doing community music and I felt that I fitted in with all of that stuff was because I had been through quite a lot in my childhood and that's made me feel that I had the empathy and I needed to work with the people I could understand, you know, yes. I could understand where a lot of these kids were coming from, you know. Yes you know, as you described the things that your stepdad told you, many, many people, many of us have had those moments where someone has either consciously or unconsciously uh, kind of stopped us or shut us down while we're trying to be creative and expressive. Many, many people have had those experiences that sometimes can stay with them for their whole life. And you had to work through yours and face yours. So then that's given you understanding. And in a way that comes into what we're talking about is that what we're just really talking about how we support people to go go past that and to that message of encouragement to find your music inside you despite those old voices, despite those difficult experiences really, isn't it? It is. And I was shut down a lot as a child. Um, I really was, unfortunately. Um, you know, I didn't say very much, to be honest. And uh, it, was, it was just how it was, you know. I was being brought up by my stepfather and... So I think that's probably why I get so stuck sometimes with getting things out and getting words out and stuff. But I'm, you know, I've done much better these days, of course. Yes. But, you know, that was a big, um, oh, gosh, that's really, you know, it, it, I, it was, you know, it, it was terrible. Um, it was terrible for me, but I had to, as you say, I worked through it. And, um, you know, people come to the choirs and the singing groups for so many different reasons. Yes. And, uh 
I was just writing things down actually and um, I'd say to everyone who wanted to who wants to sing and to first of all to just join a group or you know join a choir or and listen to lots of music yeah. and be authentic be yourself. One of my mental health groups, you know, they were saying they, how much they love just coming. There's only six of them, you know, because it makes them forget about their troubles, yes. you know, and uh, forget about their worries. And uh, that's it, really. It's you know. being in the moment, isn't it, together? Because you can't really, when you're singing, you have to concentrate. So you can't really be thinking about anything else and all those troubling thoughts, which is why yeah. it is good for mental health, isn't it? It kind of takes you out of those worries for for a time and also as you said being in a group a supportive group a safe group finding groups where you feel safe where you feel like yeah these people get me and I can be myself mm. um that's important isn't it for people it really is and I, I I see the people in the groups that I I run you know and they're really passionate about their singing yes they want to be there you know yeah. that's it they want to be there uh whether they can sing you know in be a great singer or whatever they just want to be there and be part of something and it's really a lovely feeling to hear everybody's heart beating as one you know yes. and everybody singing this the songs that you know you've I've arranged you know as well that we've yes. and Lucy arranges her and stuff as well so it's great and and uh, you know the, you hear these wonderful harmonies come back at you it's very emotional yes thing, you know it's wonderful work you're doing Thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. As I say, I, that's where I'm at now. So, and working with Hazel O'Connor, which is absolutely wonderful. She's a great lyricist, actually. She she's just writes wonderful lyrics and wonderful songs. Yes. And uh, I've spent uh, 10 years with her. Um, that's kind of run alongside all my choirs. And in fact, actually... The beauty of working with Hazel, she's such a, she's a community person herself, really. She loves working with all different kinds of people and she puts herself out there as well. So she, you know, she's really uh, a real people's person. And uh, she's asked several times, actually, the, the Cambria Choir uh, to be her backing vocalist. So wow. the Cambria Choir have actually sung at the Union Chapel. Wow. Sung at the Adelphi Theatre. Wow. <laughs> yeah yeah it's fantastic really it? fantastic and so they've had great experiences with that and uh and also at the pub um hazel's done <laughs> a gig at, a couple of gigs at the pub oh that was yeah that's wonderful. that was a that's pivotal it. moment <laughs> i can imagine yeah hazel hazel's a pivotal moment and i can and how wonderful that you can bring those two worlds you know your performing world where you're expressing yourselves and and being and performing with professionals and then bringing that together with the community work that you do and that those two worlds can come together and make something beautiful together it's really that's joyful that's joyful yeah and we did our first gig at the Cambria and they were so excited that we were coming to do a gig there wow and it was packed to the yes. rafters yes and I remember being like we were just three of us on this tiny tiny stage in this tiny pub <laughs> doing this gig it was just unreal wow and I remember making one hell of a mistake and here we go we were yeah. singing this beautiful song called Rebecca which is one of my favorite songs by Hazel 
And I forgot where I was because I was so overwhelmed by everything. Yes. And I forgot where I was in the song and she would just carry on singing and Claire was playing and I was thinking, oh, I don't know where I am. I have no idea. (laughs) So this song went on for about 10 minutes, you know, (laughs) couldn't actually finish it. And she was kind of hollering out to the audience, kind of like a gospel thing and I'm thinking oh god how are we going to finish this uh, I'm sweating you know thinking this is just awful and her agent at the time she said I'm really excited I remember this and she came to the gig and Cormac was there as well he came he was in London they came to our first gig and she came up to me at the beginning she said I'm really excited to hear Rebecca and that was the song that went completely wrong (laughs) <laughs> I thought this is a nightmare yes and I you know by the end of the song it was about 10 minutes in and Hazel turned to me and she said oh, I've got to finish this song and I ended up going uh, and we ended it and I said the sweat <laughs> I thought, oh, that was unbearable anyway that was also a pivotal moment and uh and then from then we did 10 years and we're still wow. yeah we did we unfortunately two years of lockdown or one year one and a half years haven't done any gigs with her for a year and a half or whatever but hopefully next year now with two years of gigs cancelled we'll be doing a whole year of touring how exciting that is alongside the cambria and caterham choirs of Of course course. of course (laughs) how amazing i'm so excited that you can get back out there on the road together and that thank you for sharing that story and again it's really it's really great for us all to know that um and I've certainly had my fair experience of fair share of clangers in the middle of gigs you know it's really important for people to hear that you know professional musicians do make mistakes and that we do have to recover in the moment and make something and sometimes something something else happens that you didn't expect just because you you made a mistake so it doesn't always have to be a bad thing and you can recover and still you know you're not going to lose relationships just because you made a mistake on stage and uh, it's a big learning for everyone we laugh so much about all our (laughs) because all our gigs something happens some clangor happens always but you know you just have to carry on and you just go through it that's right that's the choir as well isn't it when you exactly and you know everywhere oh what's that yeah all music experience yeah because we're not robots and uh that's part of the the beauty of kind of being live and being just you know in the spontaneity of oh what's going to happen now so yeah so, so thank you Sarah we do have to kind of there's so much we could talk about or we do have to try and draw this amazing conversation to a close and I just wanted to close with um just I know we said we would just uh just remark on on Hanukkah which I know you'll be celebrating in a few days and that whole theme of bringing light to the darkness and certainly mm-hmm. you've you've brought light to us today talking about your amazing experiences oh. is there anything you want to share about your reflections on Hanukkah and what that means for you and, and well I just love I love all the Jewish traditional festivals <clears throat> and um even though I'm not particularly religious myself uh as you know Jewish uh religion but I am Jewish and uh, um, uh my family are are quite uh well, my my sister is quite um orthodox and uh, we 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 celebrate all the festivals with her um and i have a rather big family and uh i am going to light the hanukkah candles on sunday at my nephew's house and uh it's beautiful and they have you know eight candles for the, each day and he has they're called menorahs and he has a menorah for each child they have four and 
it's wonderful. And then on the 4th of December, is it the, oh no, the 5th of December, it's finishing. So I go to my other nephew and we light the last night of the candles. Oh. It's very nice. And I give all my nieces and nephews uh, money for Hanukkah because that's traditional that you give money. Uh, they call it gelt. And uh, you eat donuts. Yay. Uh, lots of donuts. And they, because of the, um, they, 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 what is it? they have luckus. It's called luckus. And it's uh, like a potato uh, fried and everything. And they eat a lot of oily food around Hanukkah time. But the, the donuts are my favourite. And uh, I love it. I love all the, um, the tradition of it all. Yeah. That's- Wonderful. And yeah, the music, does music play a part in Hanukkah? Or? Well, they're always singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're always singing, even though they might not know these the songs that I sing. But I have taught them, actually. Um, I have taught my choir a nice Hebrew song, the Hine Matovim and I Am, and they sing it beautifully. Yes. Um, but uh, my Jewish family, they sing all the Hebrew songs, and uh, I'm trying to learn them all, and, uh, you know, I'm part of that, and... Uh, I just love all the tradition, really. It's beautiful. And yeah, it's been another really powerful influence on you, music. It has been, actually, you know, and uh, I, I love it all, really. I love to be with everybody. And, of course, you know, I have to say, Diwali, which I mustn't forget, because of my community group in Toynbee. Yes, just celebrating. Uh, we have a group of uh, mixed cultures there. Mainly Asian ladies actually come to that group, but you know, it's great fun. <laughs> Um, as you know, Katie, I do because I've been to visit them. Did a session there, and of course they've just celebrated Diwali. You know, yes. so we've got it all going on, and uh, oh, it's just a very colourful life. Yeah, and it really is. And I mean, it's great to be part of that and taking the sessions in all of these different places with all these different people, different cultures. Because at the end of the day. Singing and music brings so much to everyone's life, really, it does. And it helps so many people in difficult situations. And, you know, it makes you feel happy. It makes me feel happy when I'm delivering a group workshop or a choir. It brings out, you know, I can express myself and have fun and laughter and come away feeling that I've done something good for myself and for a lot of people. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, that what a positive message to end on. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) rock and roll. Singing's amazing. Music's amazing. Um, Thank you so much to Sarah for coming to share that amazing, powerful message and all her amazing pivotal moments and stories that so I'm sure will have inspired many, many of us to 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 go out and do our own thing and be who we are authentically to express yeah. our voices authentically to use that magic of music to bring light wherever we can um so thank you so much sarah so much for being here with me and for being such an amazing colleague as well for oh, so many years you've been amazing you. to work with thank you you're amazing to work with oh thank you, and thank you. I'm, going to, I'm going to do a vocal revolution on katie soon <laughs> she's fantastic and thank you so much for asking me to do this you know it was great I really enjoyed it 
Oh, I'm so glad you could come. Thank you so much. And thank you to all our listeners, everyone watching, wherever you are. We wish you uh, a beautiful Hanukkah. We wish you beautiful Diwali, Christmas, all the and all the light that you need to guide you through your way. Thank you. And lots of beautiful music making and singing. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.